you guys are enjoying this series that we're doing right now. You know, this series is all about um, the fact that God created us as sexual beings. And it's deeper than just the fact that we can have sex. You know? But it's actually the fact that everything that we are, everything that we do, evolves around the fact that he created us with this in mind. You know, it is deeper than just the ability to have sex. It's actually how you relate to him. It's how you relate to each other. And, and, and then how you relate to the person that you're going to spend the rest of your life with. We live in a day and age where it seems like anything goes. And because anything goes, nothing is working. Okay, people are trying all sorts of stuff and doing all crazy stuff. Relationships are all over the place. And the stuff that we're looking for the most, we're missing out on, which is we're looking for connection. You know, we're looking to be connected with someone. We're looking to build life with someone. And that's how we were designed to be in the first place. You know, from the first people, that's how he created us to be. But unfortunately, some things have gone wrong. And we have to talk about this stuff. Because if we don't recognize what went wrong, we will continue to do the same things and expect different results. And so we got to talk about what went wrong first before we get into how to go about it in the first place. You know, they say that if you work in a bank, one of the things that they'll teach you is, is how to tell fake from real. And so they spend a lot of time teaching you what's real so you can know what's fake. You know, and, and I think it's, it's important that we know that in a day and age where it seems like everybody wants to make up their own way of going about life, but it doesn't seem to work out. And I don't want to leave it up to chance. Okay? I want to be able to go back to the maker and say, how did you expect me to live? Because you had something in mind when you created me. Every person that creates something, they have something in mind. The person that created a chair wanted you to sit down and be comfortable in that chair. You know, the person that created the shirt that you're wearing right now wanted you to feel good about wearing that shirt. So every person that creates something, they have a purpose behind it. And so why is it that when it comes to our sexual life, we feel like, just go out there and explore and see what happens. I think there's a purpose behind why we're sexual beings. Are you with me? And so that's what we're talking about. You know, something went wrong, you know, and we picked this up today from Genesis chapter 3 to look at what went wrong, okay, and, and how we can pinpoint what happened then and how we can progress today in our lives. It's very applicable to today as we speak, all right? So go to that first verse for me tonight um, out of Genesis chapter 3, verses 6 and 7, if you're taking notes. Here are the verses. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were open, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. So this is the beginning of the end for them in this place that was perfect. How many of you guys have a, an Apple product? How many of you guys have an Apple product? Okay. Maybe an iPod, iTouch, iPhone. I believe that they are one of the best companies in the world. Okay. 
Now, if you're not an Apple person, that's fine. Just go along with me on this, all right? They're one of the best companies in the world. But I think the genius behind an Apple product is the fact that Apple knows how to touch your senses. You ever walk into the Apple store? It's an experience. I was just there yesterday playing with the iPad 3. It's an experience. You walk in, what do they want you to do? They don't want you to just look around. They want you to touch. They want you to see. They want you to experience something. They, they know how to do it. If you ever just grab an Apple box, it's like, it's amazing. Just their box is, is amazing. Everybody know what I'm talking about. Like, they, it's just beautiful. It's, it's beautiful. Like, sometimes you just want to look at the box. You know, just the box is an experience in itself. How many of you guys, the first time you got your iPad or, or your Mac and you, and, and you just played with the box and you pass the cord around because it's like, oh, my God, look, look at how, like, they package everything. It's an experience. It's, it's amazing. They know that human beings are about our five senses. We want to touch. We want to see. We want to smell. We want the whole nine yards. I mean, it's a beautiful thing. Their product is amazing. You know, I'm using one of them. It's like free commercial for, for Apple tonight. Now buy some Apple stocks, do you well. But they know how to give you an experience. You ever watch their commercials? What are they going for? They're going for the heart. You know, some of their commercials, you're like, start crying. It's beautiful. You know? Why? Because they know if, if you can connect that to one of your senses, then you want one of our products. And that's Always the plight of humanity is that we want to experience something. We want to feel something. We want to see something. We want to touch something. We want to smell something. And that is good, but it also is what gets us in trouble. You know, take the first experience here. She sees She doesn't want to just see it now. Now she wants to taste it. She wants to have an experience because why? Someone has presented something intriguing for her. And that is the plot of humanity. We want this, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. Unless that wasn't the call. That wasn't the plan. If you, if you backtrack to the story, it tells that God says, you know what? You can have everything. Just don't touch the fruit from that tree over there. So there's, there's nothing wrong with wanting experiences. It's just that in this setting, God said specifically, not that one. Now think about this, guys. Because it's hard for us to understand this. They could have done a million things right and one thing wrong. You ever thought about that? The possibilities were endless good. But that is what it means to be a human being. You know, the possibilities are endless. That's the beautiful thing about free will, free choice. And this God that wants so bad to have connection with us and relationship with us says, you know what? I, I want to give you it all, but at the same time, I want to see what you want to do with it. I'm giving you all these experiences. Now, let's see where you go with this. Are you with me so far? And so she notices, she appreciates, she takes, and she eats. All our senses are engaged. And that's what we want. We want full experiences. We want to be able to feel alive. So the problem is not food, right? 
Nothing wrong with food. Nothing wrong with the fruit. The problem is this action is an action of rebellion. There's nothing wrong with the fruit in itself. The problem is it's an action that disconnects them from their source of life. You understand this? Rebellion against God just took place. For the first time in human history, someone decided, whatever you have, it's not good enough. I want this. And that's been our play ever since. Okay? You got to think deep about this and understand that God said, I'm giving you everything and it is good. But it wasn't good enough for them. Because they wanted something else. It's almost saying to God, yeah, this is great, but we want another way. We know what you're saying, but really, we just want to do it our way. It's the Burger King theology. Have it your way. You know, we know that yeah, you, you, you said, yeah, all this stuff is good, and we can have it all, and we can, we can live here in harmony and, and have communion, but you know what? That's just so much more appealing right now to us. So the fruit in itself is, is, is it's not the problem. The problem is that they bought into something that was a lie. Because everything that is sold to us that is not from God comes with a promise. But that promise just can't deliver. That's the problem. There's always an if behind that promise. If I just get this, then I feel better about myself. If I just get this, then my life will be better. If I just get this thing. And so there's a big promise here. Yes, the moment you eat from this fruit, oh my God, you have no idea. And they didn't have any idea that there are consequences to that. See, lust promises something it can't deliver. can't carry through. Lust is like the person that, that gives you a check and it's a big amount. But when you go to cash it, it bounces. For the first time in their lives, they felt empty. They felt ashamed. They felt something was missing. Why? Because they bought into a lie. They already had everything they needed. They were connected to the Almighty God. They, not just that, but God says you can have all this stuff. For the first time in their lives, the Bible says they felt naked and ashamed. Something was missing, and since then, that's been us. If we were to stop right here and ask you, how are you feeling? You would, most of us would say, I feel like something is missing. And we're trying to figure it out. How do we try to figure it out? Everything that we're doing right now to try to figure it out, it's our way to compensate for what's missing. And we do it with trying to get money. Try to get laid, and so on and so forth. But the problem is, if it's outside of what it was to be in the first place, it will always leave you empty. It will always leave you feel like something is still missing. Are you with me? See, from their perspective, the place that God gave them wasn't good enough. They wanted something else, and that's lust. When, when you've been given everything, 
and you still feel like you want something else, you're lusting. You lost the focus, what you were created to be and do in the first place. See, lust comes from a deep dissatisfaction with your life. That's where it comes from. You feel like something is not right, and so I need to make it right. And so, and so we do that in so many different ways and shapes and forms. And so we got to drink more, or we got to party more, or we got we to gotta work more, or, you know, we need more, uh, uh, you know, relationships and so on and so forth. We try and try and try to fill that gap because we feel like something is not right with my life. And so I need to fill it with something. And maybe they got bored. Maybe, maybe they got bored because they, they, they've been in this garden. They had everything. They felt like, wait, we need to try something different. How many times have I heard that from kids in church? And they got everything, but they feel like, oh, I need something else. And they go out there and try to find something. Whatever that is, lust often starts with a thought. If I just had fill in the blanks. If I just had it or her or him or that. There's always the if, and it starts always in the mind. We don't do anything without first thinking about it. Even the people that say, oh, I wasn't thinking. You, no, you just wasn't thinking hard enough. But it always starts with a thought. If I can just do this, then I'll get this. The idea creeps into your head like you're lacking, you're incomplete, and the craving is in front of you, and you feel like that's the answer to this hole, this space, this vacuum that is inside of me. That's lusting. But here's something that really just messed me up doing some research. And it may sound normal to you, but it really hit home for me. There's so much to enjoy, and yet we focus on what we don't have. There is so much around us already. But we always feel like we need something else. And, and, and that's buying right into what our society is feeding us every day. Every single thing, I, I want to say this every week. So I want you to hear me. Every single thing that you see on TV is telling you, you're not happy until you have this. We are bombarded with commercials all the time. When you leave this place, you drive home, just focus. Billboards everywhere. You know, you might get a text from someone pushing something. You know, there's always something else that you need. Yesterday I was at the mall with some of my high school students, and we're walking by one of the stores, the girl's like, oh, I need those shoes. And so I was just messing with her. I'm like, do you need it or do you want them? You know? And so we just had this like, little banter about needing what want. And I'm like, so, so if we were to put a number on it, do you think you really need this or you want this? Well, what's the percentage? She's like, no, I 80% need them. Uh, <laughs> and I said, probably the other way around is, you know, 99% you need them, but you really don't want them. I mean, you want them, but you really don't need it. But that's us. You know, we always feel like we, you know, and I was walking around a little bit. And I'm like, what is the point of this, you know? Because I, I really don't like walking to the mall. I really don't. I go to the mall for two things, Chinese food and movies. You know, just that, that's why I go to the mall, honestly. You know, so I'm trying to walk around with them a little bit. I'm like, this is so pointless. Because everywhere I go, something's going to tell me I need this. And, in those, you know, there's always those people that come up to you and want to sell you something. That stuff is so annoying, you know. You know, I'm talking about those guys with the helicopters and all that. They just want to sell you something. That's... And I felt bad for them. I was thinking, 
thinking about them a little bit. I'm like, this can't be a lousy job, you know? You just got to, like, go to people and try to sell them something. And you might not even like the product, but you're lying, you know, because it's your job, you know? Sad. But listen, guys, it's, this is why gratitude is one of the most central things we need in our lives if we're going to really appreciate the, the, the life that God has given us. Gratitude is so critical if we're going to fully enjoy what God has given us in the first place. Show me someone that's grateful. You see someone that is grounded. Because the moment you cross over from being grateful to feel like you earn it, you deserve it, you're in trouble. When you go from, from instead of feeling privileged to feel like I deserve this, you're in trouble. That's where you see a lot of people get in trouble. You know, they, they feel like entitled. The word entitlement, man, it's killing this generation. We feel like we are entitled to things instead of feeling privileged to have things. And so the more entitled you are, the more you're going to lust over stuff. The more in trouble you get yourself into. You know what the most, one of the most used words in the Bible is? Is the word remember. Because we forget easily. You see God over and over again telling these people, remember, I'm the God that took you out of Egypt. I'm the God that rescued you. I'm the God that, that took care of you. I'm the God that's been there for you. I'm the God that won't leave you. I'm the God that won't forsake you. Why? Because we forget. And the moment we forget, we get ourselves in trouble. So over and over again, God needs to remind us. Why do we have nights like this? God is saying, remember, hello. Remember who you are. Remember the experience you've had with me. Remember that I've always blessed you. Remember that I've always been there for you. Remember that I created you. Remember that I have a plan for you. Remember that I won't leave you. Remember that I will provide for you. Remember that I will bless you. Remember I am your God. That's why he sets up nights like this. That remember, you don't have to try to go do it on your own strength, in your own power, in your own will. The Bible says it's not by power. It's not by, will, by your own will. It's by the Spirit of God. When we take focus of that, we get ourselves in trouble. The word lust in Greek is actually two words. And if you combine them, what you get is the word, you get these three things, in the mind. In the mind. It's like this stronghold has gotten a hold of you and it won't leave you. Thoughts dominate, dominated by cravings. It consumes you. You're not free. You know what lust is? Lust is slavery. It shackles. Lust dominates you. Lust says, I am your master. And, and you know, it's funny because when people are lusting, and they'll say things like, I am my own person, I can do whatever I want to do. But can't you really? Can you? Here's one of my favorite verses in the entire Bible. There's 66 books, but I love this particular verse. The Apostle Paul says this, I have the right to do anything you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. I love that. Because, you know, that's, that's the plot of, of our society, right? I am my own person. I am my own boss. I can do my own thing. You can't tell me what to do. That's why, you know, church people always trying to tell me what to do. You don't have to tell me what to do. That's fine. You can do whatever you want to. But is it beneficial? This is great because there's a lot of great lines. People say, oh, the Bible doesn't say anything about this or anything about that. But ask the question, is it beneficial? 
The other day, one girl was trying to convince me, you know, that, that smoking weed is good. You know, nothing, she's like, oh, there's nothing in the Bible against that. I'm like, what, but is it beneficial? Yeah, but people, you know, they, they, they get crazy revelations. And I say they do. I know my boys used to get crazy revelations. I mean, the best philosophers I know are people that are high. I mean, they break down the meaning of life to you. They start rapping, you know what I mean? They start crying. You know, they're quoting Bob Marley. You know, it's, it's on. But then you look at their lives. Is it beneficial? Because most of them are in their mama's basement doing absolutely nothing with their lives. And I think if they're so great philosophers, why is your life not adding up to anything? If you're, if you're such a great philosopher, why don't you have a dollar in your pocket? If you're such a great philosopher, why don't you have a master's degree in something? If you're such a great philosopher, why come your relationships don't seem to be working out? You're in your mom's basement eating cereal and watching reruns. We just got to be honest with ourselves sometimes. It's common sense to say, is it beneficial? Because we just want to argue for the sake of arguing, really. Because we love to justify ourselves. We are so in bondage that we need to justify that I am a slave. And that's what we do with everything. The same thing with sex, right? So what's wrong with we're just having sex? We're in love. Is it beneficial? Are you married? Because last time I checked, the, the, the whole process is the Bible says clearly that a man shall, you know, shall, shall, shall be united with a woman and the two shall become one. One meaning that's when the sexual part takes place and you become one person. It's the most sacred, intimate thing you can ever have with another human being. Do you just want to do that just for the sake of doing it? Or do you want it to mean something? But I love him. She ain't married. We justify it. You know. But we make it sound so good and everybody else is wrong. Is it beneficial, people? Because every time I talk to people that, are, that have grown and are mature in, in, in life and faith, they always say, I wish I could have Waited to do some things differently. They never say, I should have gone all out and do more. Because you realize the more mature you become, the more you realize that you don't want to waste your time. You don't want to waste your life. Okay? It's the childish people. It's the immature ones that are still thinking, oh, I got to do all this stuff. And listen, I believe that you don't, shouldn't learn everything by experience. You should learn by other people's experience. Think about it. If, if you leave tonight, okay, and you're going, and you're going out, Okay, and for some weird reason, okay, for some weird reason, you're about to get out of the church, and someone comes out and decks you out of nowhere. All right, the next person, I guarantee you, they just think I can just poke their eye out there. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'm like, yo, that dude just got down, they dropped. I need four or five heads with me. Come on. We're going out there together, okay? Because I'm not going to learn it by experience, okay? I just saw that dude's experience. I don't like it. He doesn't like it either. He's on the floor. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, we're just we're being funny, but let's be honest. Like, people are stupid sometimes. Because you know something is not working, but you still be like, oh, I want to try it. Is it beneficial? And then the best part is this. is The last part, he says, I will not be mastered by anything. Because, you know, people say that freedom is the ability to do anything. I disagree. Freedom is the ability not to do everything because you have self-control. 
Uh-oh, come on now. Talk to me. That's when you know you have true freedom. Like, you can do anything, but you're like, I'm too smart for that. Or I'm too mature for that. I, I've, I've lived enough to know that that's not for me. That to me is true freedom. Are you with me? You know, that to me is someone that has grown up, okay, dropped high school and grown up in life. Freedom is going without whatever we crave and being fine with it. That's when you've crossed over from, from darkness to light, people. And let me, let me prove it to you in the scriptures. Go, go to my next scripture here. Here's what the Bible says. Paul is talking about the difference between someone that has been enlightened by the Spirit of God and someone that's still kind of doing their own thing. He says, they are darkening their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. There's a difference between a person that's been enlightened by the Spirit of God and someone that's just still doing their thing on their own power, in their own will. They are darkened in their understanding. That's what lust does. It just twists the way you look at life. You become very selfish. You, know, you become very prideful. And, and, and pride, you know, ref, just manifests itself in two ways, you know. There's the, there's the loud pride and there's the quiet pride. Okay? There's the pride of superiority and there's the pride of inferiority. You know, and we all have it. Okay? When we are darkening our understanding, we're trying to do our own thing. You know, we are separated from the life of God. What is that? It means that we're not fully enjoying what he's already given us. So we decided to cut that off and say, I'm going to do my own thing. You know what that is? The Adam and Eve did it was a slap in the face for God. Like, I gave you everything. You said, no, I'm good. I'm going to do my thing. It's like the story of that prodigal son, remember? He had everything. He decided, no, I'm going to do my own thing. Separated from the life of God. And when you are, you're darkening your understanding. You're not understanding that there's actually all this is for you. The Bible says, what you're going for is actually crumbs and leftovers when you got the meal going on over here. Are you with me? We lose. But here's the thing, guys. This is what's scary, okay? The Bible says, having lost all sensitivity. You know what that means? When someone lusts, they lose the appreciation for things. And that's scary. Someone that struggles with pornography have lost sensitivity to what it means to be a sexual being. Because it leads to perversion. And when, you, when, when perversion kicks in, you don't see the opposite sex as you should. You see them as a piece of meat instead of a person. They lost sensitivity. There's married people that struggle with this stuff, all right? And I know them. There are counseling sessions going on with lawyers, doctors, pastors of people that have lost sensitivity. Because it all starts with, what's wrong with that? Well, what's wrong with that is it beneficial. Oh, come on. Everybody's doing it. Is it beneficial, though? Now, we live in a day and age where the porn industry is one of the biggest industries in America. Why? Because we've lost our sensitivity to things, to people. Are you with me? One of the things that I believe God does is, is it begins to, when he begins to get a hold of your life, it begins to, Fix your senses so you can appreciate life and appreciate things and appreciate people. I know one of the things he did for me when I got saved is to begin to see girls as he meant 
me to see him as a child of God, as a sister, as someone's future wife. You know, and fellas, it is critical that we understand this. And vice versa, because we all maybe have our own struggles. But when we lose sensitivity, it's a scary thing. Because we stop being humans and we cross over into becoming a less part of us, which is what the Darwinism tries to teach you and say, you're just an animal. You're just the sum of your urges. And that's not true. We're creating the image and likeness of God. Like I told you, probably last week or two weeks ago, when was the last time you saw a dog reflect on his life? We cannot lose our sensitivity. You see, animals will have sex anywhere because they, that's what they do. They don't, even, they don't believe in privacy, right? Ever seen that? You know, some of the people put those things on YouTube and all that stuff because it's funny, you know. But is that us? Is that us? Or have we lost our sensitivity? Which is something to me very scary in our society right now because it seems like anything goes. Everything is funny. Anything is funny. But the Bible says, blesses the man that does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or laugh in the seat of mockers. In other words, you have a sensitivity about you that you know, wait a minute, that, that ain't right. Some things are not right, people. And we don't have to be afraid to say it. Because, you know, everybody thinks, oh, the moment you say it, oh, you're the, you're the weird one, you're the, you're the square one. No, it ain't right. Someone needs to say it, that we lost our sensitivity. Not everything's supposed to go. Because we are meant for greatness. Are you with me? So listen, you lose your appreciation. Here's another thing that happens when you lust. It, it robs you. It robs you of purpose and meaning. People waste money in their lust. They, they waste their talent. They waste their time. They waste their gift in their lust. And they hurt other people in the process. You ever seen people addicted to, to drugs or addicted to sex? It, it's, it, it's a wasteful thing. Did you know the word prodigal means wasteful? That son was a wasteful son. Why? Because he was wasted all his resources until he came to his senses. Thank God there's a chance for us to come to our senses through Jesus Christ. So listen. The absence of, of restraint leads us to lose sensitivity to what really matters. And what happens when that happens? We become even more empty more lonely, more depressed. And you know what lust usually leads to? Anger. We get angry. We're frustrated. Why? It's not working out. We thought this time it would work. What happens when you do it again? You're angry. You're upset. Why? It wasn't supposed to be that way. Are you with me? And that's sad because that's not the way we were created to be in the first place. So we need to be enlightened in our understanding. I want to do something with you real quick because, you know, sometimes I want to open it up and, and have conversation. But I know this topic, sometimes people get weird. But I want to ask you some questions that I want you to think about. And if you want this, I can get you this because I think it's, it's, it's I, I went through this myself. There are some questions you've got to consider. If you don't examine your life, you're not living. You got to ask questions. 
you want to live a life worth living? Here are some questions that are very important. When you're facing something, whatever that is, what is this craving promising? Because it starts with a promise. This longing that I have inside of me, what is it promising me? What is it trying to get me to? Can you deliver? Can you deliver what is promising? Because not every promise is to be trusted. Is this lust about something else? Because sometimes the thing that we're going after is because there's a bigger, deeper issue with going on with us. Just for clarity, let me give you an example. A lot of times, people get into relationships not because of relationships, because they're insecure. They're not ready for a relationship. They're just insecure. They feel like they have to be with someone. But you've got to examine yourself. Why do I have the need to be in a relationship? Because it's a good thing to be in a relationship. But why do I want to get in a relationship? Are you with me? What is, the, what is the lie here? The lie is, if I just get with someone, then I won't be insecure anymore. Where is the good thing in this personal thing that I'm going after? But then, where is the good that has been distorted? Because the fruit was good, but it's the one tree that God said no. Sex is great, but God says within marriage. Hello. What good thing has God made here that has been hijacked? And I think sex has been hijacked in our society. Have I been tempted like this before? Have I been given in before? What was it like? Was my life better? Did it work? Was I more satisfied or more empty? Is there a pattern here? Questions to consider. If we want to live a life worth living. Sometimes a simple prayer should be this. God, give me the eyes to see the lie here. Open the eyes of my heart so I can see what's really going on right here. Like I said, I can give you guys this if you want to. Let me conclude tonight with an interesting passage. The Apostle Paul says this in Ephesians 4.28. He says, can you go to my last verse, please? Anyone? <laughs> All right, it basically, Ephesians 4.28 says, those who steal should steal no longer. Okay? Oh, there we go. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work, doing something useful with their own hands, that they may have something to share with those in need. And, of course, you've got to ask the question, what does that have to do with lust? Well, Paul actually is a very brilliant man. Because he knows that the person that steals, it's an adrenaline rush. Okay? It makes you excited to steal. Okay? I, I don't know that by experience, people. I'm, I just, I'm just letting you know. You ever watch the heist movie? You know, they're excited to steal. You know, it's an adrenaline rush. It's not, it's not just the stealing, but it's the planning. It's all that. And after a while, you become good at it, so you feel like you have to keep doing it. But Paul says, okay, you're stealing, stop stealing, which sounds like, Captain Obvious, right? Like, stop stealing. 
But he doesn't stop there. I love this. He says, listen, okay, you must work and do something useful with your hand. Because the problem with us is when we're not on task, we'll fall for anything. When we're not on task, when we don't have something that we're like focused on, we have our energy on, and, and we're going all out for it, it's easy to just do anything. So Paul is almost saying here, like, listen, this thing that gives you a adrenaline rush, you need to replace it with something else. Because you can't just say stop doing something, you need to replace it with something else. Because if you stop doing something, you don't replace it with something else, you will go right, go right back to that same thing. But he says, don't just work, okay, but do something useful with your hand that they may have something to share with those in need. Why? This is, I love this. Give yourself the bigger and better desires in a way that's going to bless someone else because you want to get an adrenaline rush? Try helping people. Try doing something useful. In other words, how are you channeling your energy? The more you channel your energy to please yourself, the more empty you're going to be. And that's lust. But if you, if you can find something and begin to work at it, and that thing blesses you, but then is blessing someone else, man, that's the adrenaline rush that we're all looking for. It makes you come alive when you're doing something meaningful, useful, something that feels like, you know what, it's, it's bigger than me. And when you are part of something bigger than you, you're in a good place. I tell people all the time, whatever you're going for, right, whatever your major is or whatever you're trying to strive for, I hope it's something that you do that's going to bless someone else, and if you get paid for it, it's a bonus. Because if you only do something because you want to make money sooner or later, you're going to be bored with it. And when you're bored with it, you don't do it at your best. And when you don't do it at your best, you, f you don't feel alive. And when you don't feel alive, you're going to find ways to try to feel alive. Are you connecting the dots? So Paul says, listen, do something useful with yourself. So the question today is, what are you channeling your energies into? Something useful that you can do that's going to be blessed, is going to be blessing someone else. What are you giving your life to? What do you want more? You know, this whole thing that, I, that you know, that huge buzz about the young money thing, YOLO. I love it. Because as a Christian, that's obvious to me. You only live once, that's why I follow Jesus. So what am I going to give my life to? I'm going to give my life to the things that I believe will last for eternity, like Tim talked about tonight. Could have built himself a nice basement, watch TV, and, you know, and, and have football games there. Tim T were playing for the Jets, you know, and, and having a great time there. Or he could put this money towards something that's going to bless people for eternity. What are you giving your life into or for? It's what Paul is saying. Listen, do something useful. Because if not, you're going to leave room for things that you don't want to do in the first place. If Adam and Eve was on task, they wouldn't be worried about that tree. If we're on task, we're not going to be slaves to anything. So what are you giving your life to? You may say, man, I don't know what major, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing with my life. Well, Start by doing something useful today. Maybe you just need to research some majors. If you start there. Well, I don't know how else to do. Well, are you part of a ministry? Because when you're part of a ministry, you're something bigger than yourself. Have you volunteered somewhere? How are you spending your life? If all you think about is, how can I please myself? 
you're missing the point. Because the Bible says it's about loving God and loving people. We should be asking the question, how can I do something that I love doing but is blessing someone else in the meantime? Because to me, what else is there to live for, people? Honestly, have you sat down and thought about that question? What else is there to live for? Because I have. Money, pleasure, all that nonsense. Been there, done that, boring, irrelevant. Jesus offers us an amazing opportunity. He says, come to me, and I will give you life, life more abundant. We're all looking for that. We all want to feel fulfilled. We want to feel satisfied. The reason why things are not working out is that we want to do it our own way, in our own strength, in our own power, and we're not going anywhere, people. And we're not meant to be slaves. We're meant to be children of God. Are you with me? Bow your heads. Let's pray tonight. What do you want more? What do you want more? What is it that you're giving your life to? We need to pursue great things with passion. Or else we'll fall for anything. So the last question tonight is, how can you make your life about that so that you're not tempted to give in to this? So God, speak to us tonight. Search our hearts tonight. God, bring us back to the connection that we're supposed to have with you, where we come alive. We're not coming alive because we're pursuing the wrong things. We're coming alive because we're connected to you, Lord.